Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me bezzy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. Bonjour. Bonjour. I was about to say bonjour. That was going to be my hello. Bonjour. No way. Oh my god. You're so French. <laughs> hello, darling. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, good. Something quite terrible has happened. <laughs> what? <laughs> I kept seeing clips of Made in Chelsea on Facebook and. That's it. I've started watching it and now I've decided uh, I want to be posh. I love a bit of Made in Chelsea. Is the new series on? Do you? Well, I don't know because I went back in time. I'm watching the series from 2019 because I feel like a lot's happened. Yeah. <laughs> Over everything the general course of life. Everything and absolutely nothing. I can't, I can't, I know that reality TV is scripted and produced, but surely these people's lives aren't like that in any way. At all, they can't be. Yeah, I mean, don't all they care. do is go for facials and play tennis, and I'm so jealous. I know. I started watching it in lockdown, I think, and I just love yeah. it. Michael hates it, but I just think it's Does hilarious. He? Yeah, because he's like posh young people. That's not his vibe at all. Mm, me either, but that's because I'm jealous. Uh, so, yeah, I've got what? a pussy. Fuck off! You've not got a pussy. Or the borrowed <laughs> pussy. <laughs> Ian, come on! Oh my God, Ian! Come on, Ian! Always oh, run up to us. That was going to be my cat's name, Ian or Steve. Really? He yeah. doesn't like being picked up. But hang on, I'll just try and show you. Ian. No cats do. You've just got to assert Ian. dominance. Come on, Ian! Come on, Ian! Come on! Come on! Ian, we go. Nope, that was bad. Yes, come on. Yeah, we go. Oh, no. Oh, he doesn't like that at all. Oh, I just want to screen away across the floorboard. He's what, really cute, though. What kind of cat is he? Just like a like a cat. Bog standard cat. What kind of cats are there? He's not like a Siamese or anything. All right, yeah. That's it. Siamese. Uh, Tortoise big... shell. Or is that just the colour? Oh, um, Beng- Bengal. They're the beautiful ones. Imagine if it was a lynx. Oh, he's a lynx. <laughs> this huge lion. He's he's white and not black. White and mouse. Mm, sounds shit. <laughs> <laughs> he is cute though. Uh, so All why right. have you got Ian? Because there's this app called Trusted House Sitter, right? Have you heard of it? So it's not actually a friend. No, no. You two are nutters. Like, <laughs> no, that's... no. So listen, Trusted House Sitter is this mm. app where people put their houses online. They usually have dogs or cats and they put them available. So when they go on holiday, you can go and look after their cat or dog. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's cheaper than kennel- kennels and catteries. I've seen the adverts on YouTube and they say we oh, really? both get something in return. Right, but they have, if you look on it, Chelsea, made in Chelsea houses. <gasps> so it's, you can go to live really? in made in Chelsea and they have them abroad. 
So they have them in France. So you can just go and stay in someone's house and look after that cute dog in a beautiful house for free. The problem so is I... okay. you need reviews because they have hundreds of applications per flat. So we have got Ian, bless him, so that we can get a good review. <laughs> oh, what if Ian dies? Well, I did think this because he's 15. <laughs> oh, my God, you play him with fire. I know. So if he just dies this week, even if it's through no fault of our own. Game over before game it's even over. done. Exactly. But Oh, my God. The stakes are so high. I know, but he's he is fucking cute. Like he's just like wandering around, and he's got a little patch on his chin that makes it look like he's got his mouth open all the time. Oh. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. Um, I met my brother's puppy. I'm being very Cinderella. You're being quite no, 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 Snow White. Snow White. Yeah. Uh, but he's. Did I send you the picture of the puppy? Yeah, I can't. I can't even look at the picture it's because it hurts my ridiculous. insides. Ridiculous! It looks. I've got that overwhelming need to crush something when I look yeah. at that picture. Yeah, I want to snap its neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like my Jade said it looks like the one off Isle of Dogs. It does. Oh, that's such a good film. And you know, it's Isle of Dogs because it's like Isle of Dogs. Mm-hmm. And I said, Sarah loves Isle of Dogs. Did you? I did. I do. It I looks do. like it's made out of felt, she said, and I agree wholeheartedly. Aww. And when we went in, Michael ran up to it, or it ran up to Michael. And then, you know, when they just start pissing, but they don't know they're pissing because I was so yes. excited. And it was That's just Luca. flailing around with its willy. Yeah. That's really my mum, my mum's puppy. Well, it used to be when she was uh, more incontinent. Every time she met anyone, she'd roll onto her back. Legs akimbo and piss all over a belly. Do humans did that? I think we should. I think we should. I don't think. I don't agree with concealing emotions. I know. What Sometimes I... when I see you and it's been a while, I have to hold back the piss. Well, I get judged when I do it. Well, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. I hate it. I think that's homophobic, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Ian. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Paul O'Grady. Do you remember you used to do that pets thing? Oh yeah, I love that. He does keep coming up to us. I just want to show. I just want to show him. Ian. Show me your goddamn pussy. Oh, for God's sake, he's gone over there. Let's just move the laptop. Yeah. Oh, look at him looking outside. He wants to escape. He's not. Go on, Ian. He's not. Well, no. Much of your head butted the window and it's shattered. <laughs> he just, <laughs> and he's just left. Fucking dash for it. Imagine if you woke up in the middle of the night and he had those sticks over his shoulder with a red handkerchief tied to the end. <laughs> oh, Ian. Um, so how have you been? Did I ask you? Even not. Um, don't worry about this a recurring theme. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have been, yeah, quite good. Quite good. I've been enjoying the end of the fringe and the bin strike. And is it finished? The bin strike, I mean. It's finished. Oh. Um, but obviously because there's 11 days worth of trash that they need to clean up, it's it's taken them some time. But I'll forgive them their sins. But that first no, day I... back was an absolute fucking nightmare. About, about the like, I wish I hadn't done that. Did they get anything? Well, what do you mean? Like an STI or a pay no. rise? Or... <laughs> pay rise. Like, did <laughs> they right, get okay. what they wanted? Did they get what they fucking wanted? I don't know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Yeah, streets. I'm on their side teeming with trash uh why do i keep saying trash like that why do i keep saying trash 
I'm pissed. I'm trashed. I don't know. The last I checked, so they asked for an 11% pay rise. Mm. The last I checked, the government had offered them 5%, which was up from the day before because that was like 4.1 or something like that. So fingers fucking crossed. But the day that the strike ended, we all got a health warning from the government. Got a little uh, health warning. You might just get the plague. Ooh. So that would be quite quite good for the old attention, wouldn't it? You want it, don't you? I would love the little boobonic. <laughs> <laughs> the boobonic. I'd love the boobs. <laughs> the boobsies. Boobsy summer. Sorry, you've tested positive for COVID. Oh yeah, I just got boobs. <laughs> Hard luck. I've got the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you'd never get that in Kensington. No. Um, but yeah, I've been good. And then also the end of the book festival, which was this week as well. I went mm. to go and see Jennifer Egan. Jenny. that's like you know when you're so pissed you're having a conversation and you can't reply properly so you just repeat the last word of whatever anyone else has said like said said tell you what happened (laughs) yep and yeah it was really fantastic there was a total narc on the front row who hogged the microphone during uh, audience question time and like just nodded quite violently the entire way throughout and i'm annoyed i'm annoyed with that kind of energy i'm like listen we're all here because we enjoy jennifer egan you are not the only person that has read a book by jennifer egan and the woman that was interviewing jennifer egan said so obviously a lot of you will have read a visit from the goon squad but i'm just wondering like i don't know if many of you will have read the candy house and this knock in the front row was going head banging like ozzy osbourne during fucking live eight or whatever he did <laughs> live eight <laughs> what's a knock it's a police it's like a it's like a drug i think it's a drugs police officer it's just a grass you just like narcotics grass. yeah you're in yeah you're a drugs police officer and it's like oh don't be a snitch don't be like a do-gooder can i give you a one question quiz oh yeah right the question is is cocaine a narcotic? I feel like you know the answer. Only because I googled it the other day. Well, I'm inclined to say no, just because my immediate response would be yes. <laughs> the answer is yes in the eyes oh. of the law, no in the eyes of science. Well, what is it in the eyes of science? As in like narcotics in the eyes of science are opiates, I believe, or something mm. sh- something like that. But in the law, it, oh Jesus, like in America, you'd still get done for narcotics if you had coke, but it's not, an, it's not a narcotic. Wow. That's what I gathered from the Wikipedia anyway. Okay. Um, right. Anyway. Should we talk about the book? Yeah. So this week. Is it Sarah... my week or your week? Oh, it's your week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so this week, Paul. <laughs> this is Reading for Attention with Paul Webb. And occasionally Sarah Hopkins. Can I just quickly put in there? Of course. Uh, when I listen to the podcast back, sometimes uh-huh. the things that you say are such a surprise because I haven't listened to what you've said. I'm just still thinking about what I said. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was a good point from Sarah that I just totally didn't <laughs> listen to and jumped in with my own comment. The few and far between, so I won't hold it against you. This week, Paul, we read Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. Now, let me just get the blurb up. 
the blurb. Such a Fun Age is a 2019 novel by American author Kylie Reed. It is her debut novel, this isn't the blurb, uh, and was published on December the 31st, 2019. It tells the story of a young black woman who is wrongly accused of kidnapping while babysitting a white child and the events that followed the incident. So yeah, that's it. That is not <laughs> a blurb. That's a rogue release date, isn't it? December the 31st. Yeah, that is right. Imagine like being out with your friends and being like, my book's coming out, and then being like, 10, nine, <laughs> my book, my book, seven, six, but the guy's my book, five. Just like a, a sign in at Waterstone. It's like, where is everyone? Yeah. <laughs> but you could get everyone inside with free shots. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is Kylie Reed's debut. Quick summary. Mm. It's pro dominantly i would say from the perspective perspective all right, are we from <laughs> all right. welcome to city <laughs> <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> 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 uh, it's from the perspective of amira who is a black 25 year old woman <laughs> what i pictured it's from the perspective of amira <laughs> I was in a mirror walking, you know. That's like an M. Night Shyamalan film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amira, mm-hmm. a black 25-year-old woman, coming up to her 26th birthday, which means that she will no longer be on her parents' health insurance. She doesn't have much by way of career prospects. She is a graduate, but she didn't do too well in college. And in the meantime, she fills her days with babysitting for a white family and like i just read out from wikipedia the first chapter or second chapter um she's wrongly accused of kidnapping the child and mm. then the story kind of follows the months after that where alix alix her employee employer employer a white quite affluent influencer realizes that this event signifies I don't know it, it awakens her wokeness and it's all about wokeness becoming toxic and when it's almost like so woke it's actually racism again and how she tries to build this relationship with her babysitter because she suddenly realizes that Amira has a life beyond what she knows which is this very white suburban affluent lifestyle and then also the plot sort of thickens when Amira meets on the night that she's wrongly accused a white man called Kelly who films the incident and then they begin a romantic relationship and it's a parallel as well between his sort of pseudo wokeness Alex's pseudo wokeness and then Amira is just trying to exist in this horrible, like, new age racism, essentially. That's my version of events. Poor? Oh, no, no, no. First and foremost, we'll do the drink. So the drink this week, we went for the word fun in the title, and we thought, what's more fun than Skittles vodka? A lot of things you might be shouting, but you'd be wrong. Paul, tell me your process. Okay, so I had raspberry vodka. Whoa. So I put it in a little tiny glass Tupperware with lots of Skittles. Did you do multicolored Skittles or just one color? Oh, multi. Hmm. I just tipped them all in. Oh, he doesn't see color, everyone. 
And then the bean overnight in. Overnight oats. Overnight oats. I, that's, you know what? It's because I just listened to a podcast where they talked about overnight oats. No, oh. I still don't know what they are. But I don't care. I eat them most days. They're gorgeous. Uh, don't like oats. <laughs> so then I got some lemonade and uh, combined the two. So look at what, what color would you think it was? Well, show me. Oh, I've got to get right. Okay, <laughs> that would be a very good game, would it? <laughs> but I thought you were going to show me and then ask me what name I think that color is. Okay, mm. I would say a murky brown. Well, I would. Th- I was going to think brown. It's actually quite a gorgeous sunset orange. It's absolutely stunning. It goes with your lovely? t-shirt and your straw. You love coordinating. I love orange. Uh, you do, yeah. And it tastes like. T- I guess what it tastes like. It doesn't taste like skills, does it? it tastes like skills. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you hear my process? Yeah. My process was, don't think about the drink, don't think about the drink, don't think about the drink this morning, whatever time it was that I text you, Paul, what's the drink? Skills vodka. I've had mine brewing overnight. So I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I was in meetings most of the day, so I couldn't run to the shop until 5 p.m. Bought a bag of Skittles and some vodka. And I'd seen on TikTok maybe like a year ago, this hack where you can put the skills in the vodka, screw the top back on and then put the vodka in the dishwasher. And then... Wait, wait, do that again. Put the skills in the bottle of vodka. Yeah. Cap back on the vodka. Uh-huh. Vodka bottle in the dishwasher. Do you have a dishwasher? Well, that's where <laughs> I faced my second obstacle. I don't, have a dish- I don't have a dishwasher, but I thought essentially it's just heating up the vodka Right. In a heat, in a heat proofed vestibule, mm. which is used. That word's used a lot in this book, isn't it? Vestibule. Is it? Yeah. Alex has one at the front of her house. There's one at the rest. Whatever. So I boiled some water, put it in an old honey jar, the skills and the vodka. Stuck that with the lid on in the boiled water. It all went a little bit tits up. Then I panicked and thought, what if the vodka's evaporating? So I took it back out, stuck it in the freezer for a bit, and now I've got this gorgeous, scummy vodka 7-Up. Mine's scummy as well. Oh, it is? Because yeah. I, sif- I sift mine. Look at that. It's got stuff stuck to the side of the glass. Mm. Isn't that minging? I mean, I'm guessing um, it's sugar, but... Mm. Mm. Cheers. Oh, get it in me. Cheers. Boop, boop. Mm. Uh, I, used, I used red and purple skills. And it uh, tastes like red and... It does taste like red and purple skills. It's quite... It is quite uh, disarming. They're the nicest skittles, though. Well, that's why I picked them. Mm. Mm. Anyway, Paul, enough of that. Tell me what you thought of the book. Okay, so such a fun age, <laughs> such a fun book. I've what been waiting age? to say that for like four weeks. So I found it a real page turner, not in a <laughs> thrillery kind of way, because it ain't a thriller. Oh, Ian's on the side. Ian's on the side, Michael. Ian. <laughs> Get off the side. Ian, you don't know who you're living with here. <laughs> Michael's going to kick off. Uh, yeah, real page turner. S- super easy read. Very enjoyable read. Loved the characters. Loved Amira. Loved the fact that it's written by a black woman. And I really enjoyed reading about Alex. We're saying Alex because... A name is A-L-I-X, and you find out mm-hmm. why it's not A-L-E-X. Mm-hmm. And reading about this woman from this black woman, black author's perspective, or and it's not a perspective, but writing about it was fascinating because you're right, it's all about that 
this white woman who is privileged comes from a privileged background her parents like came into money a little bit later in life so she had this privileged lifestyle and lived in New York for a long time so they move she moves to is it Philadelphia yeah moves to Philadelphia and she had this very cosmopolitan life and has this diverse group of friends like quite a few black uh, women friends and thinks that she is just like above racism and is just super woke and knows exactly who she is and then gets this black babysitter and what I thought was genius about it was all of the characters Alex well Alex Kelly mainly them two in their own heads they justify everything that they do and they don't understand why it might be offensive Mm -hmm. and there's no getting them out of that version of their own events there's no kind of I mean I suppose there are a few learning experiences but really it's the idea that everybody I remember one time my friend Teresa Banning in school (laughs) she said I hate it when people say you always think you're right because obviously I do why would I think it if I thought I was wrong (laughs) and I thought that was the most like sound thing profound thing I'd ever heard I was like oh my god you're totally right why would I think something if I thought it was wrong and that is <laughs> that is perfectly embodied in this characters so they do things that particularly Alex she does things that are well racist but but silly and and microaggressions and and she doesn't get it she doesn't get it in her own world world how mm-hmm. that could ever be perceived as anything other than her being this brilliant employer this brilliant white woman I've got black friends and also like one of our really woke black friends is a bit of a fucking racist as well (laughs) and and Uncle Tom is what they call her yeah she's fucking Uncle Tom and I really loved how that manifested and how that progressed the story with Amira who as you say is just this 25 year old millennial black woman who is fucking trying to make ends meet and she knows, so a friend, even Amira's friends will say, why are you babysitting for this fucking Uncle Tom? No, she's not Uncle Tom. <laughs> she's white. <laughs> why are you babysitting for this fucking white woman? She's like, because I need the money. I need mm-hmm. the money. And also, I love the child. So mm-hmm. Amira has this relationship with the child that she's babysitting, who is called... Briar. Briar. I didn't know how to read that word. I'm not going to lie, Paul. The names in this book were plucked from thin air. A briar. Every, not a single character was named anything that wasn't spelled slightly. Even Kelly was with an extra E in it. I know. It was rude, that one. Uh, but she just has this lovely relationship with this little girl. And that's why she wants to work there. She knows it's problematic. She knows the woman is a dick and all of this stuff. But mm-hmm. she's like, I'm just doing what I need to do to get by. But what I what I probably didn't expect about this book that I loved the most was that it's it's not a thriller. It's not like a huge mystery novel or anything like this, but proper page turner and takes you to places that you didn't really expect. There were a couple of times where I went, oh, and mm-hmm. it's not the genre where you would think you would do that. Mm-hmm. Um it kind of goes back in time. You find out the histories of these characters. They interweave their stories interweave in ways that you wouldn't imagine. And I'd say the climax or the end of the book is, is it's quite satisfying. Some of the things that happen are quite satisfying. And overall, thumbs up from Paul. Oh, fabulous. What did you think? Yeah. 
agree in terms of how page turnery it was and also that you there's something that's just really comforting and cozy about a book that there was never a point where I felt like fatigued with it yeah. I could just pick it up and be transported into this little part of Philadelphia into these three people's lives and I was invested in their very personal dramas because it's it's like on a, almost a microscopic scale like the detail goes to an extent where she'll go through every single character on the scene even if it's totally unnecessary she'll just be like like Zara who is one Amira's best friend she'll be like Zara was in her blue scrubs she just worked 12 hours at work we didn't need that but all right I get it I'm there and that's right. fine with me Love Zara. and it was it was yeah there was something that was really um like weirdly welcoming about it and I, I actually really enjoyed reading it I read it in two evenings and I liked Amira I, yeah I, I feel as though if she was a person a real life person which it felt very much like that was the case like she was quite well realized then that would then I, I would get on with her but I think my mainly my biggest issue was the characterization because they all seemed a little bit like half thought out, but I don't want to go too much into the criticism straight away. I just want to carry on on this love train because it's 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 nice. I did enjoy reading it. It was probably the easiest book that I've read in a while, not in terms of like its simplicity because it is really complex, especially in content, but just how much I wanted to carry on, how much I was with these characters. And the premise, this like extreme wokeness to the point where it's almost full circle back to racism and like you were saying this I think Kelly and Alex both Alex both represent quite um opposite ends of the very same spectrum of how two sides of the same coin exactly but of how microaggressions or like being so hyper conscious of race can come across as or or can or are aggressive and a lot of that was really similar to little fires everywhere yeah have you watched that yeah i've watched it haven't read it watched it oh i don't it's little fire i don't know if little fires everywhere is a book it fucking is mate are you thinking of big little lies they're both books little fires everywhere i've read i've read another book by the one who wrote it i've read little fires everywhere Oh, have you? I'll tell you I've like. read Big Little. No, I haven't read that either. I've seen it. <laughs> but uh, they're both Reese Witherspoon. So exactly, Reese. My, oh, I went oh, through, and also, oh, oh, oh. this is a Reese Witherspoon a... book club pick. Well, yeah, because she's oh, this is that type of woman. Why I is went Reese through... being so woke? This that's her whole thing now. I, I went through a Reese Witherspoon the first lockdown that summer. I had an absolute Reese with a spoon binge. I um, messaged her on Instagram telling her I was a huge fan of her entire body of work where I watched the morning show, Big Little Lies, Little Fires Everywhere, Legally Blonde 1, Legally Blonde 2. Anyway, yes. So uh, there was something so, yeah, like welcoming about it. I don't know. It was some, It just felt like a pleasure to read, a real pleasure to read. For the most part, I enjoyed it. Would I recommend it? is a different question and I don't think that I would I would would you Mm -hmm. but it's like a what though because I don't think it's it felt like a holiday read in terms of that it had that thriller-esque page turneriness of it but it it also didn't 
it wasn't quite like um, some of the very pretentious fiction that we sometimes read, but there was, there was like a huge, uh, I don't know, like there wasn't a necessarily a plot. I mean, there was, there was definitely something driving it forward, but every, all of the stakes in it, and that's probably because it, it was so close and it was so, it was just centered around pretty much these three people weren't high at all. The biggest drama that had happened in Alex's life had been 15 years previously, hadn't meant that much, hadn't had that much of an impact on her life in practice, but had really affected her mentally but it it what that wasn't necessarily that relatable the same goes for kelly just there was just something that it didn't quite land in a certain sense i was a little bit i will say that it didn't it didn't keep me as fully engaged all the way through but i think that's really hard i think it was really page journey for at least the first half and then mm-hmm. it got a little bit less page journey but what I loved so much about it was these two characters that were two sides of the same coin, Kelly and Alex, who detest each other and argue about why the other is, is racist. racist. Yeah. No, that was that was brilliant. And that all was, they're like, doing really well. is revealing how both of them in different ways, but are equally problematic. Let's not um, yeah. let's not say you know, and oh, they're fucking racist, like, but e- equally problematic in the way that yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they ha- you know, they experience a mirror basically, yeah. whether it's through some kind of form of fetishization, maybe, or some form of well, that that power. encapsulates it p- perfectly how they experience her. It's not yeah. even like neither of them in different ways but both thinking that the other way is wrong don't really treat her as a human being yeah and that However, is consciously really or subconsciously interesting to read and uh the other thing i loved was amira and her friends together that was just very relatable and when they were on nights out I was on fucking night out with them. I was desperate to be on those nights out. Yes, oh. when they were doing rounds of tequila, but oh, I'm one more. Oh please, please. Uh, just before I forget, you know what my favorite piece of Reese Witherspoon's body of work is? Is it not legally blonde? No, it's that time she got arrested and she was <gasps> shouting out the car window, going, "Do you know who I am?" And <laughs> I am. Famous, and then chat to go on morning TV the next day to apologize and say that's just not who I am. If anyone's not seen <laughs> Reese Witherspoon getting arrested, it's fucking class. I think, or she gets pulled over or something. She's just, I mean, she is deeply problematic in that. She scene. is <laughs> I'm obsessed with that woman. Um, my favorite is Jennifer Aniston's. I want to say. 50th is she 50 now Jennifer Aniston oh yeah at least 50th birthday party and it'd been some there was some like press about how they were like it was like a really quiet low-key affair not many people were invited and then there was some paparazzi pictures of this it was in like some hotel and they had this huge grand staircase and then just taken through the window Reese with the spoons falling down the stairs <laughs> full-blown just arse over tit down the stairs she is Alex oh obsessed Okay, I want to talk very quickly about the characters, and these are, as ever, half-formed thoughts. Right. I think, uh, in a way, they were all 
It all verged on a stereotype. Mm-hmm. And then didn't quite, but then had these elements of depth, but then didn't quite fulfill them. And I think that was the thing that I found the most frustrating. So, I mean, Amira is the prime example where she, in Alex's world, exists as just this, like, babysitter but then her version of her being in Alex's world is just like someone that's there to get the job done and she just loves the kid that's it loves the kid loves the kid loves the kid Mm -hmm. then in Kelly's world again it seems that she's just all about Kelly and like he says something incredibly problematic and he does some things that she gets the ick over and it's not really truly her and then there's Amira existing in her world which is when she's with her friends when she goes out with them but then even still, she's conflicted and she doesn't like they're telling her to quit a job, but she doesn't want to because she loves the child. And then she seems to enjoy going on these nights out, but then also hates them simultaneously. And I know that maybe shows like complexities, but it all read quite surface level. Mm-hmm. The biggest one that I really just did not get, understand or like was Briar. Tell me you agree with the characterization that of that child was completely off. Uh, it was like somebody uh, who's never met a child. It's like somebody imagining how an alien would behave writing about an alien. Like, <laughs> I, it was either this... So at first, the, the first few instances, you're like, oh, okay, so she's a five-year-old kid. She's really intelligent. Cool. Oh, no, wait, she's less than two. She's maybe 19 or 18 months old. She can form full sentences and they always end in a weird. She'll be like, Mummy, did you know that snowmen don't take baths? Why? She was one. She was less than two. Yeah. Oh, really? I was picturing her running around. I know, Paul, because that's another thing. She was very active and like cognizant, but also not. And. active but also a, ba- a literal baby it was yeah that really put me off was this characterization of Briar and then that somehow undid some of the work that was done with Amira because Amira has this incredible connection with this child and she really understands her and <laughs> and yet she's a she's not fully formed like she's not not fully formed human but she's not fully formed character like she doesn't it's almost like reed hadn't thought through that much of briar she was just this quirky little weird thing that said these strange things every now and then and i don't know and i also hate and i don't know why this is but i hate it when people write children with a child's voice so it's not just like the words being out of order, like instead of saying, who is that being like, why is that? Or what is that? Or whatever. Or that is, that is mum or whatever. But then adding in the sounds that make a lisp. So it'd be like, Mm. mummy has gone to the top (laughs) or whatever. And it's like, you don't need to write T H O P S. Like I get it. She's under two. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. And that really undid the whole thing. I really struggled with the characterization of this book. And I think that because I love 
things that are about as we've said a million times i love things that are about people just being people not necessarily doing anything there's no like mystery to uncover there's no crime to solve there's no big drama anything like that i'm fine with that i'm fine with sally rooney fiction but Mm. it is entirely based in how solid your characters are and i just don't think that the characters were necessarily all there i didn't i didn't think that about briar but i didn't really i don't know kids very well i didn't realize that she was a baby (laughs) yeah a little baby in arms i mean what i would say to in response to the amira thing if amira Mm. if it all being quite surface i don't know if she was just trying to make a point about how not everything or everyone in life has to be that politically engaged every second of their life where everything is that deep and actually 25 year olds having a job and stuff maybe it maybe it ain't that deep and maybe it doesn't need to be no I totally get that and I agree with that but it felt it didn't feel as though that was coming from a mirror it felt as though that like I read that as though it was coming from the author and like Mm. I understand that in other characters that was where that theory falls short because obviously there was an overarching commentary mm-hmm. but I don't know it just it re- like every question that Amir has asked her answer is like I don't know or I don't care or okay mm. like there's no there was just and I get that that maybe this it shows that kind of like weariness and exhaustion of existing in that kind of environment constantly but it didn't feel that way to me. It just felt a little bit like like using her age as a 25-year-old and who doesn't really know what she wants to do as like a get-out clause. Like it, it, it's the counter. It's like the other side of Jumbo when we read like uh, when we read Luster and the main character of Luster was this really complex and quite like uh, bizarre young 20 something woman and every thought was contradictory and she was overly complex it felt similar to that but in the opposite way where it was like Amira just just existed for these other characters to project these kind of actions onto right I know what you mean I wonder if it's saying something about the fact that that is often what a young black woman's role is in society instead of having agency herself she's been projected on by this random posh white woman and this random hunky white man who only dates black women. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. And, and in terms of like the other characters, like her friends who all seemed much more like, not just aware. And I'm not talking just purely about politics, but just in terms of having like a fucking personality, they Mm. all seemed to have that and they all seemed to, they were more well-adjusted in some way. Well, some of them. One of them was not. One of them was really annoying. The one who was really rich but kept oh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. buying drinks yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think well-adjusted in the sense that they were okay in life because they had a roof over their heads and yeah. had a direction. Yeah. And not, do you know what I mean? Like they had the luxury of being like that. Yeah, so, and that's perhaps, yeah, why Amira has to just consistently bite her tongue. And maybe, I don't know, because it was a close third so we don't ever get that direct look yep. into Amira's mind so maybe she is thinking these thoughts but there was just no like I don't know it just felt that there was no 
depth to her and there was no real depth to any of them. I don't know. I don't know. Apart from Brian, this depth was totally false. Alien. <laughs> yeah, just bizarre. Um, let us find a quote because there was a bit that made us laugh, but it was a while ago. Let me find it. <laughs> I'll have a look at what I've highlighted. Also, there was a fucking typo. <laughs> Where? Which just it just pisses me. I think I did highlight it. It just pisses me off. Editors, you're hired for a fucking reason. <laughs> oh, I've got it straight away. Page two hundred and three. Um, that's when I start to really worry. And the more I think about it, it makes a lot sense. She ended up with a guy like this. <laughs> Where's the of? Are you telling me? <laughs> Are you telling me that how many people this book went through and not one of them thought to pop a little of in there? I'm not having it. That's not a dig at the author. That's a dig at the fucking publishers because get your shit together. Oh, here's a little quote from Briar. If you eat all your toes, Briar looked back at Amira oh, and whispered, then, then guess what, Mira? No more toes. I'm on she's, that page now. She's under two. Why have I? Why have I? Doggy at that. Doggy at um, Briar reached up with six fingers and said, how many is this? This. We don't need that. Uh, it's when she's can't get home for Thanksgiving. I think I just liked the idea because Alex is desperate for Amira's mm-hmm. approval and she's literally willing to like murder a child to have Amira's approval. Well, yeah. And I think it's the bit where Alex is singing please oh please oh please come tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> like Alex oh, please please Amira come but that wasn't what it was made us laugh no. oh it was this as well uh, so she's, this is after Amira's agreed to come to Thanksgiving uh, let's see this gesture devastated Alex more than she oh got a text Got a text. This gesture devastated Alex and she couldn't help but think, oh my God, my friends are such moms. Alex found it remarkable how she could be both in love and embarrassed at so many things at once. There was the age and status of her friends, Rachel, divorced twice at 35, Jodie, the mommiest mom ever, also 35, and Tamara, though impressive in every other way, was quickly pushing 40. And then there were other numbers that suddenly seemed mortifying. The height of Alex's husband, the same as her, 5'10". Her own post-baby body, 141 pounds. And most of all, the fact that she'd lain in bed the night before and been so pleased as she counted in her head how many African-American guests would be present at Thanksgiving table. This number had totaled to five. <laughs> I can just imagine this desperate housewife lying in bed thinking, oh, I've got five black people coming tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I like, like um, I'm woke. Fucking hell, I'm so diverse. (laughs) Yeah, I think Alex was the most successfully realised. There were moments that were real. Like I highlighted one as well. Um, Similar vein. Where is it? It's when she's talking about how she wants, she desperately wants Amira to know how diverse she is and that she's got black friends and that Mm. she's, and that, Oh, I can't even, oh, that she's read all of Toni Morrison's books and that yeah, she's got yeah. a pair of $18 shoes and stuff like that. I can't remember what else I was going to say. I just, I, I, annoyingly, I read this book in the context of the podcast. Mm. I think if I hadn't, 
I really would have just enjoyed it. But then I was thinking about the things that I was going to say and the things that kind of pissed me off a bit have now developed into full-blown grievances. Um, New speaker, new line would be a good one to start with. Oh, good luck with next week's book. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Call me (laughs) (laughs) old-fashioned. But I appreciate grammar. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm just undecided. But the the facts speak for themselves, which is that I read it in probably a total of about eight hours. Mm. And I felt as though... I was in, I was fully in that world and I was, I could picture everything. I could see these characters and I knew the dynamics and, and what was nice was that none of the racial dynamics were spelled out. Like there was nothing made explicit. You were just as a reader allowed, you were just left to your own devices. You could pick up the moments that were problematic and you could, and and there wasn't any of that, like not pretentious, um, patronizing, like, and this was a problem because of this. And this is yeah. how Amir is now going to respond. And I really appreciate that because I think in a lot of books akin to this, there is that need to kind of spell it out. Yeah. And the fact that the racism was being brought out from from the Black author, not necessarily always through Amira, but from her creation of these white characters. Yeah. And, and those two going head to head. Yeah. And, over and it. yeah. You're right. It wasn't spelled out. And like it is so much on in real life of watching Good Morning Britain. I haven't feel, I feel like I haven't mentioned that in a while. Remember when I used to mention that? Like every episode. Uh, <laughs> getting, oh, here is black woman. Here is white man. Debate. Yeah. And yeah. which actually sort of becomes important in the book if you read it. Uh, instead of that, it's like, no, this is how it plays out in real life. Make your own judgment. But you tell yeah. me that that's not a bit problematic. Or, you know, so... I liked, yeah, I liked that. It was it almost passive in a way. Like, I'm going to show you how people react and you decide what you want to decide. I don't care. Amira doesn't care. But that's, this is just how race plays out in a world like this. Yeah. So, and what I will say, just as a final point, is mm. that that very opening scene with Amira and Briar in the supermarket yeah. is one of the best, like, most evocative book moments that I've ever read because I was furious stressed like nervous every everything and it was and it wasn't explicit and it wasn't like gory or grotesque or anything Mm -hmm. majorly huge but it was just like you know and and also because it's in a book and it's in that like tangible sense where you have to keep going to get to the rest of the plot you really have to power through it it's not when you see like an uncomfortable video on Twitter you can just scroll Mm -hmm. by it you like literally had to get through it that was for me the most powerful and important part of the book mm-hmm. and it really did hit like a nerve yeah. it really hit deep that that moment and it and it was sharp and snappy yeah um and it didn't dwell on it for longer than it needed to or even i kind of wanted more from it in terms yeah. of like i was like no i'm not finished with this the character amira you can't be finished with this because i'm not and i think that was the yeah a the proper point. a really good yeah. A really good entrance into it. Or... It was, and that's I thought about the because when you pitch books, you you give the first few chapters, and Ooh, you can that, see, I'd have been like one million dollars. Yes, yeah, snap you up. 
but and and the way that the book was marketed if you read the blurb and if you read things that are written about it it's all focused on this woman is nearly arrested because she um, she's wrongly accused of abducting a child it sounds really dramatic it's literally a couple of chapters then they move on and it's not mm-hmm. that dramatic in in the same sense so it's interesting that they use that to market the book when that's not yeah but it is that's the most one of the most uncomfortable scenes that I've read in a book in a long 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 time yeah. and it is maybe the the undercurrents of it that are the most yeah like ugh, jarring and, and definitely yeah oh well thanks Kylie Reed. such a fun age really enjoyed I would recommend yeah. I, I want to hear what people have got to say about this book because it's yeah, divided us slightly I want I want a secondary opinion a third derivary opinion tertiary tertiary is that, is that fuck off it, does that mean third tertiary because you have like primary it. secondary and tertiary education <gasps> what about forshery oh quadri <laughs> <laughs> thanks kylie thank you kay 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 okay so what i want to talk about is you i've realized right i'm just going to talk about this right okay right okay is it another road to serena williams no, although I'll quickly talk about her. So she yeah. won her first match. Yep. Thank God. Wearing and... a custom Nike gown. Oh, Nike. Gorgeous. And she is playing tonight at midnight, a second round. It's against <gasps> Annette Contivate, who's number two in the world. So the Wait, who's lo- number one? Iga Sviatek. Okay. The most likely outcome is that this is going to be her last professional <gasps> match singles match so my dilemma is you know how I like my sleep and I like to go to bed early 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 and if I don't get 100 hours sleep I'm not right Sarah I'm just not right I'm considering staying up to watch it oh Mm. do you want my opinion yes please I'm gonna put it I'm gonna phrase it as a question uh okay how many times do you live oh well as you know I believe strongly in reconciliation what's that thing called resurrection resurrection no that's not right either resurrection like jesus no yeah i know what you mean like uh, a word uh, re 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 wow 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 um re reincarnation 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 anyway no i don't you're right so i think i will but do it do it tomorrow though fuck it tomorrow will come and go it will Whereas this is the potentially the last match and you will kick yourself if you don't watch it and then you're in your your sixties and you're reminiscing about Serena and you think I missed her final match. You won't remember the day of tiredness that you had at work. You'll Actually, remember missing it. Well, nah. you might remember that, but I you would won't never get sacked. sacked. I'm indispensable. Is that the right word? Yes. I, however, am very dispensable. <laughs> well, you may as well watch it too then. Anyway, yeah. that's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is, right, use. We have we've reached a new level of fame now. We really have. Where we have now received not one but two emails from publicists representing their clients asking us to do their books and interview the authors, which obviously they're probably just emailing all book podcasts, right? And I'm presuming that they're not listening to all the episodes so we can have this conversation and they'll never know. But the, when my first got it, we're like, oh, my God, shit. But I was like, oh, my God, because can we just talk quickly about how they addressed that first email? 
Oh, fuming, yeah. It was, <clears throat> dear Sarah, we love reading for attention. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm just checking. The next one says, dear Sarah and Paul. Oh. Do you know what I'm thinking, though? Because if it, no. Don't, go on, go on, knock me down a peg, go on. No, is it I'm not. Just, is that, it's signed up that way or whatever it is. Oh, I don't know, but do you think that, do you think they've listened or do you think that they're just looking through them and doing it? Listen, I know the truth. I also know. No, I'm genuinely I'm asking. Paul. They haven't listened. It's spam. Of course it is. It's not spam. It's not spam. They're meant to send it. Okay. Anyway, so we've had two emails from publicists saying, blah, blah, blah. These are these books. They're like big, long emails about, you know, the press pack that they send to people. And then they've asked, I would love to send you a copy for review or to set up a conversation or interview. And where, so copy for review, yeah, fine. But mm-hmm. part of us really wants to interview someone because I just feel like Graham Norton, which is really who I should be. And it, I should have been before, born before Graham Norton because I think he's copying me. No, I agree. I totally, what's, who am I then? What's a man's Do world, not isn't it? Say Ellen DeGeneres. No, you're not Ellen. Thank but God. but see, think about it. Who's who's a female late show chat house show show person? Oh my God! So I can be a trailblazer. Exactly, you In can the be UK. the first. Oh, Paul! I promise I'll remember you when I'm famous. <laughs> well, I'll just be like your sidekick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Jimmy Fallon has that guy that does the musical bit. I'll be Michelle Visage to your RuPaul. Oh, get in. But anyway, so we we can get back to these and just like have a go at interviewing them. But my issue is, number one, are they going to be funny? Are they going to get the humour? Number two, obviously we can't say, mm, we didn't think your characterization was very good. So I just want to know, what do you think? Should we try it? Do you think that'd be funny if we just got an author on and tried interviewing them? Would you enjoy hearing that or are you just not asked? That's the question. Yeah. I would so, love to know the answer. You know my answer. Do I? Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> how many times do you live? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I think I want to do it too, like yeah. just to see how it goes, because that would be funny. We can do it as a trial run, and if the listeners are avid, keen, perfect, gorgeous, sexy listeners hate it, well, then don't rule with your feet. We'll change the format again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but seriously, just... Email in or Instagram message, readingforattention at gmail.com. Do you want to hear us interview genuine authors? Well, we might have to lick a bit of gooch because we can't be honest, can we? Behind their no. backs, we could. We could get them on, do a yeah. licky ass interview, yeah. get them off and say, oh, I thought that book was racist. Or what we do is we, for, we sweep talk the first couple Mm. and then it becomes like a thing and we interview them quite frequently and then we become really like harsh reviewers and actually coming on our podcast is make or break for their career well that's what I thought that was the thing that I went through so forget these authors and then people want to come on and then instead of like we then hold the power over their careers can you imagine yeah oh my god Paul we have to the people we're jealous of we can just ruin their careers Sally Rooney dog, we're coming for Sally, you. Sally, sorry, babe. <laughs> You're joking. Sorry, You're... Rooney. Her book, shit. Have you seen that? Uh, <laughs> Come dine with me argument. <laughs> it's it's not that main one. It's oh. so 
funny. Me and Michael watch come down me arguments all the time. Google it and it'll come up. It'll be like one of the first ones. There's this woman. <laughs> There's two women in this this week. And one of them is just horrible. And she doesn't get on with the other one for various reasons. Something about prawns. And then on the last day, she, they're doing the results and she opens it. And she's like, oh, God, let's get this right. <laughs> oh, anyway, she gets upset that she's last or something. And then they go, well, someone has to get last. And she goes, no. And she goes, I could have given you zero because your food was shit to this woman. <laughs> it's really <laughs> That was a really bad story. But please watch it because it's so funny. <laughs> oh. I'm me too. Any final pieces of gossip or advice? Or okay, no wait. I've got a question for you. Okay. If you could go back twenty years, right? And you're standing in front of ten-year-old Paul, mm. and you're allowed to say one sentence to him. What's the sentence? Mm. Well, it's gone quite like I don't know. Weirdly emotional. Um. You think of your answer too. Okay. Yep. I've got mine. Yeah. Yep. You do yours. Mine is. <laughs> it's a cringe. No. It's Sarah. Listen. I know. I know you enjoy a butty, but it doesn't always have to be on white bread. <laughs> <laughs> I go away. Do you think you would listen? Do you think your 10 year old self would listen? She fucking would. No, absolutely not. I was actually, I was a rascal. I would say, Paul, don't worry about getting hairs on your chest and legs because in 20 years' time, you still won't fucking have them. <laughs> it's chic to be bold, except two tufts under the nips. <laughs> and then gone <laughs> and a hairy bum a hairy bum you know, when you started that I thought you were going to say Paul don't worry about getting head oh god no head <laughs> okay do you have next week's book oh yeah I do It's next week's book is happy hour by hmm. Mal, oh, I was going to do it in an accent and realise that it doesn't need one. You were like Jesse from Little Mix. <laughs> Malaga, Malo, Granados. Say that again, because I was Jesse Nelson in over the top. Happy Hour by Marlo Granados. Maybe mm-hmm. Grenados. I think Granados, because I put an Instagram out saying what was your favourite book of the year, and one of our fans said this. So okay. it is a book about two young, very young, like 21-year-old women Ugh. living their lives in New York. New York. And that's all I'll say. Do you know what? That's quite a weird thought, isn't it? That there are just 21-year-olds doing what we were doing at 21 in London, mm. but doing it in New York. I know. Well, I wasn't bloody London. I was living with me, ma'am. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. And oh. for the drink, well... In a reading for attention first, (gasps) I'm going to give you a choice. Oh, my God. Are we going sober? God, no. 
Oh, because God. it's called happy hour because they just go around all the happy hours. So what if it's two for one? Say right, it's two for one. No drink is more than eight pound. Any drink. What what are you getting? What are you getting on a two for one in a happy hour? <sighs> oh my God. Because this is a you have to weigh up the volume of liquid versus the piss you'll be. It depends. Start at the happy hour. I usually go for an espresso mans. Middle, I'm usually thinking an apple teeny. And I'm usually thinking a gin Collins because I want it to last. Well, because it's happy hour, next week it's two for one. So you have to have two. I've got to have two. All right, okay, mm-hmm. let me think about this. Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? Uh, do you know what? I'm going to have definitely one as a Prosecco chaser. Right. So Prosecco, but that's my second. My Prosecco. <laughs> and <laughs> number one, maybe, maybe have we don't. We I don't think we've done an espresso mans, have we? No. E, shall I get Michael to make us one? Oh, but yours is gonna be stunning, and mine's gonna be from a fucking sewer. We're getting one espresso martini and a prosecco chaser. Wow, I'm gonna. Michael's gonna have to do me a little step by step tutorial. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Can't wait for that. Oh. God, I can't wait to go on a night out with you. I know. We'll have to do this on a good night. We're not doing this on no Monday shite. Fuck that. Friday. Friday. Wait. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about logistics after the podcast. Okay. Righty, Paul, I love you, dear. Well, I love you too. Wait, no. I'm, uh, I love you so much, honestly. And if I were you, I would really think about going back to him because I know that he's cheated. But you, you're taking the pass. You must be taking the absolute pass. Are you fucking joking? I would literally never, ever sleep with my best friend's ex boyfriend apart from that one time that I did. Who's your favorite, Chelsea? I'm a big fan of. I can't say it because. No, I can't say it. Who's my favorite? What do you mean? You can't say it? Because the reason that. The algorithm started fucking up with my Facebook and I started seeing all of the clips just because I started listening to a podcast with some of them on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not giving any free clout. However, it is a really funny podcast. And so the two hosts of this podcast are my two favourite Made in Chelsea's. Okay. I don't think I know which one you mean. My favourite Made in Chelsea is the new... He's like very peripheral. He's the really fit model boyfriend from manchester of one of the really posh ones and all of the friends like <gasps> act, act like it's really fine that he's really common but really they're doing an alex <laughs> who is that age. he's really gorgeous is this in the new series oh yeah okay i'm still a few series behind i'm dealing with maver still i love maver oh, anyway this okay. is too much right love you is reading for 10 bye, bye. <laughs>